Welcome everybody to the Yes Have Some podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg. Thank you so much for joining us as always. We've got a very special episode for you this week. Uh, But before we get started on what makes this week so special, we wanted to tell you about something very cool. The Yes Have Some podcast is partnered up with Loot Crate to bring you, our listeners, exclusive early access to the brand new limited edition Ghostbusters Loot Crate box that's going to be released in just a couple of weeks. This is going to be an amazing box. It has five items that cover Ghostbusters 1, 2, and the new movie. And it's going to have a prop replica. It's going to have a shirt. It's going to have art. And it's all going to be 55 bucks. That includes shipping. And it will sell out. So we're giving you early access. Go to lootcrate.com slash YHS. Enter in your email address. And that's it. You're on the early access list. You're going to have a chance to buy this before anybody else. You're not going to have to worry about it selling out. You're not going to have to get all stressed out like we do here at the Yes Have Some podcast. It's going to be perfect. So that's lootcrate.com slash YHS. Enter in your email address, and you're in. You'll be on the early access list. And you won't have to worry about missing out on your chance to get this limited edition Ghostbusters Loot Crate. Now, I did say this was a very special episode of the Yes Have Some podcast, and I was not lying. All right? But don't expect, you know any uh, PSAs on drugs or divorce or anything like that. We're going to keep it we're going to keep it pretty light. Worlds are colliding. We stepped into the cyclotron. That's right. The Yes Have Some podcast has collided with the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip podcast. And we talked all about Ghostbusters trailer number 2. We broke it down. We got down to the nitty-gritty frame by frame. We talked with our good friends Chris and Troy. They had us on their podcast. And uh, we had a ton of fun, so I'm not going to ramble on any further. Here it is, without further ado, the Yes Have Some podcast and the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip podcast present the Cyclotron Roundtable Ghostbusters trailer number two. Enjoy. All right, everybody, this is very, very exciting. This is this is worlds colliding. This is uh, this is this is. Dan Aykroyd's Hellbent script with all of the parallel universes coming together. This is uh, a very quickly put together cyclotron, uh, but we are very fortunate because we have the entire holy trinity of the Yes Have Some podcast on the show with us. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have Craig Goldberg, we have Abigail Gardner, and we have Jacob Walsh. Howdy. Holy trinity. I like Holy trinity. Yeah, exactly. You guys are like the Justice League. It's fantastic. I get to be Trinity. You get to be Neo. <laughs> and, and I'll uh, be the third one. You can be the third one. <laughs> Never gonna live that one down. I'm, ah. I'm sorry, Jake. But uh, but uh, also with us on the line, of course, as always, Mr. Chris Stewart. I'm all talked out. He's oh. all talked out. I told you that's not an option. I'm just that's gonna can't. curl up here and listen to you guys. How can you be all talked out? There's so much to talk about. I'm not with this all trailer. talked out. I'm not all talked out. I'm just being grumpy. <laughs> oh. All right, so we have uh, four cheerful people and one grump. It's gonna be grumpy. it's gonna be a fun cyclotron, <laughs> he does guys. Grumpy so four, well. four cheerful people and a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Which that doesn't make any sense. That's wait a minute. Uh, well, anyway, Try, but, uh, drawing horrible correlations between Canada and grumpiness and grumpiness. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you're really breaking the mold, Chris. Sorry. Uh, well, so uh, we are here, of course, to talk about Ghostbusters Trailer 6. I know what you're thinking. Trailer 6? Wait, I thought we've only seen one before that. It's weird. Uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, guys, this trailer came out super, super early in the morning for us. Uh, luckily, you're you're all a couple hours ahead of us, so 
you had you had a little bit more sleep than Chris and I did, but uh, as we record this late in the evening, are you guys tired? Are you are you doing okay? Is there any energy left in the tank? I've got a fresh cup of coffee, so yeah, <laughs> I'm I've got energy. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I um, I I uh, I'm there. I am here and ready to roll. I'm excited. I tried to take a nap after work. That did not happen. I started feeling a little bit under the weather. Um, oh no! I figured I just got it from you guys through the airwaves because you yeah, guys, dude, were sick. podcasts like, we- are contagious. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm 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 good to go. I'm excited. Well, excellent. Yeah, uh, for everybody that's listening, because of podcasting magic, these guys just got off of their live show and they immediately jumped on to talking with us on the cyclotron. So, talk about Iron Man hockey. These guys are are going the distance with us here. So. Uh, well, let's do it. Let's let's talk about this trailer because um, th- that's what I'm writing on. I don't have a cup of coffee. The caffeine is I'm immune to it by this point. It's all <laughs> about energy from this trailer. But uh, let's let's go around the studio. Let's give our first overall impressions of this trailer. Uh, starting with you, Jake, because we haven't had you on the show before. We're going to let you do the honors. Uh, tell us your, your initial overall impressions of that trailer. Awesome. Um, I was super excited about it. I um I had been super stressed, kind of scared to see it. I was scared we were going to get to see too much. Maybe it would spoil too much for me. But I was very happy with it. Um, you know, it's not a perfect trailer. I could I could sit here and nitpick some things, but I think it was a much better trailer than the first one we got. Um, and I, I'm super happy with it. I, I've been happy all day. I've watched it a million times, probably. Probably just like tiny bit of an exaggeration. Not quite a million, but maybe like by tomorrow we'll reach a million. Um, it's good. I, I, I like it. Excellent, excellent. And we'll, we'll get into the reasoning behind what you like more about this trailer than the other one in a little bit here. But uh, Abigail, how about you? you uh, you've got caffeine in you, but uh, you still sound really energetic and really fired up about this. Yeah. What, what were your impressions? Dude, I've been dancing in my living room um, all day. Trailer drop day is like a holiday for me. Um, this was much like the, the day when the first trailer came out. Um, my thoughts, like overall thoughts in like 60 seconds would be, dang dude, those ghosts were super scary. Um, if this movie is like a cover song, which it kind of is being a reboot, then I think that this trailer, it hit all the right notes. Um, the necessary notes that remind you of that old favorite song. Um, and to continue that metaphor, uh, I don't think we'll get the full hook, like the real catchy parts until we see these, the actual movie on July 15th. Um, but from what I've seen in this trailer, it's like already stuck in my head on a loop. Um it's probably because they use the original Ray Parker Jr. theme in this trailer, yeah. which is a real smart move. And um, um, honestly, dude, like I'm just a giddy fangirl over here. I'm super happy. So, yeah, it's the song of the summer, and you've heard the like 15, 20 second preview on iTunes. Yeah, I yeah. got it. I'm right there with you, uh, Craig. How about you? Uh, ov- overall impressions? Yeah, I I really really enjoyed it. Um, I can't say that like nothing really surprised me about it. It was the only thing that surprised me is that it didn't it didn't kind of like what Jake said it didn't reveal too much because just the way trailers are these days usually by the time that second trailer comes out it's like you know here's Spider Man and here's the big battle and um, I'm obviously talking about Civil War um, not every trailer has Spider Man but uh, I was really excited about what I saw um, I thought the um, the stuff that carried over from the first trailer into this one uh, was all stuff I liked. Um, I thought the jokes uh, were good. I laughed very hard, specifically at Kristen Wiig tearing at that tablecloth, having her meltdown. Um, and 
I mean, the action was incredible, and the and the the CGI special effects are are all good to me. Um, I I was very pleased. Yeah, a lot a lot of things in there. Uh, Chris, how about you? I know you're all talked out, but uh, what, <laughs> what about your overall impressions? Um, still looking forward to the movie. Uh, nothing about the trailer has made me change my mind. Nothing's one eighty'd me yet. Um, uh, good stuff in it. Kristen Wiig, uh, like the the good juxtaposition of. We don't want a mass hysteria. Get out of the city. <laughs> uh, good, good, good one. Uh, the strongest joke for me, the one that hit most, was the uh, the complete uh, needle on the record with uh, Leslie Jones with mayhem on her shoulders, like that. <laughs> that one I thought was awesome. Um, but my main impression was is uh, just how much more we got to see of I don't know the effects playbook that they went with like the style guide and it actually kind of cemented in my head why i never really understood these people that are complaining that it's too cgi like i never quite understood exactly what that meant or necessarily why it was a problem and then in this trailer i realized why for me it's not a problem in that one shot of them chasing mayhem down the back hall they are running and gunning like they are in full full sprint and then firing the proton packs whereas what we we never saw that in the first two movies they like cuz at that time it was for effects guys they were like just get them to stand there please and try not to move around <laughs> too much and and they're hand animating every cell of film every cell yeah, of film exactly. so it was easier yeah. for them to just kind of lock it down whereas in this one cameras moving they're running the you know their targets moving it's really dynamic like compared to what we've seen in the first two movies now this is not me disparaging the first two movies but rather kind of drawing a comparison between what was of the time then and what is of you know the time now and Troy, you and I uh, had a conversation with another gentleman, which will be coming out fairly soon. But he wisely pointed out what we've seen so far of this trailer shows just how much in the first two movies, like we, we love the first two movies. And then when you stop and think about it, not a lot really happens. Do you know what I mean? Like there's the library ghost encounter, the Slimer ghost bust, and then, you know, a quick montage and the final rooftop battle. And this one has set piece after set piece after set piece of running into ghosts and fighting them. So it's like, I don't know, I'm, what I'm excited most is that this trailer is the one that kind of showed just how much good stuff we're getting. Yeah, and, and still left some some to the imagination. I mean, we're seeing all of these set pieces, but I have reason to believe that, man, there's still a lot that we have not seen. Yeah. And they're very purposely so, holding yeah, back. What, so. what we've seen so far is maybe another few seconds here and there of stuff we've kind of already run into. So it's not really – there's a few things. I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> there was a yeah. few big things, but overall, right, a little bit more of the subway ghost, a little bit more of the uh, of the Times Square fight, a little bit more of mayhem. So. Yeah, a little more breathing room, a little more context. Uh, very, I mean, to me, that was my my overall impression of everything was uh, structurally, for all of the reasons that Kevin Smith on Hollywood Babylon and on his uh, uh, Fat Man on Batman podcast said, oh, it's not a strong trailer. This is a strong trailer because it was structured so well. It had a, had a good burn and had a lot of energy and there was a good peak and a good valley and everything that you want in a trailer was there. And a so, real solid opening hook. Like a real yeah, ex- solid opening. Exactly, book. exactly. And that's that's what we'll get into. But before we do that, I did want to talk structurally about this with you guys because, um, you know, uh, I, I think I think Jake, you, you called it out. You said that this 
was more effective to you than than the prior trailers? What what was it about this? Just as again, looking you know from the fifty thousand foot view on it, you know what was more effective about this particular trailer than say the domestic trailer or even the international trailer? It just it seemed it, it seemed to capture a little more of what of what I think we all kind of wanted. It um. <clears throat> It, it fit together better. That whole opening scene, you, you were just mentioning it, how you get that tone. The whole tone is there. You get that creepiness in the beginning. Um, the jokes land a little better, I think, in this trailer than, we, than we've seen in the, in the first trailer. And just seeing all the effects, like all the getting to see some actual ghost busting happening, it's just very pleasing. You know, it's satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like because, and and Abigail, you called this out, the spooky opening really shows you the blend between, like, this is a comedy, but it's also crossing all of these genres, right? Like, you've got the, you're getting the spooky horror and the the shock value at the beginning. Yeah, the glowing eyes. Yeah, it's super tight. And yeah, those ghosts are almost reminiscent of the Scolari brothers, like, with the lightning strike and all that kind of stuff. Like, those effects, like, they totally land for me. And you do get that spooky spectral chill in the beginning um and then the joke that happens with uh stewart from mad tv uh like that guy's so funny (laughs) that makes me really happy so yeah all of that landed um for me yeah that that really reminded me of uh sala and raiders of the lost ark you know the asps very dangerous you go first you know that kind of (laughs) thing it's that kind of joke you girls can handle it yeah you guys got this no problem Um, all right, so let's let's dive into this because it's it's a two minute trailer, and I really want to dissect this thing frame by frame. But uh, so Abigail, you were talking about the glowing eyes. We we start off, we see this very. Some people are calling him a Scolari brother, but I don't think that's possible. Yeah. Sparky, I mean, maybe you and I talked about this in a Sparky. previous episode. Right? Sparky. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this this is this is the subway ghost. So we see we see that guy up first. Um, and then we initially see a, a shot that we've already seen. It's all of the sort of like Titanic passengers mm-hmm. or, you know, whoever that is in, yeah. the, in the Victorian era. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we have our, our library ghost, uh, Gertrude Eldridge or yes. have we, have we decided if it's Gertrude? Yeah. Did, did Andrew Schaefer make a call? Do you guys recall that? I'm not I sure, but I, I think it's a pretty safe bet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gertrude Eldridge. And a, men- anyways, a, a nice menacing shot of her too. Like kind of a long shot entering the room. Yeah, very, very, again, going back to Disney Haunted Mansion, like, there, and again, they they have a lot of mirrors and Pepper's ghost-looking stuff in here, which I love, but, uh, so yeah, so starting out very spooky, and we've got this great voiceover um, by by Michael McDonald. Nope. I, I recognized him. He was steward in Mad TV. What else has he been in? Has he, do you guys recognize him from other He's stuff? He was in Spy. He was in Spy. Paul Feig really likes working with him. Oh, he, wait, who was he in Spy? He was the prop master, like the... Yeah. The, the, oh, the was, gadget like the master, Q? yeah. yeah. Fox, oh, right. that's right. That's Hemorrhoid right. Green. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so at the very beginning, we've got this very spooky. Uh, it's it's almost like the um, the theremin tones, and I wondered at first if it was Theodore Shapiro's score. It's not. We've confirmed that it is not. This is actually just trailer music, but really, really setting the tone. Um, Marketing music, because we keep hearing it. Little bits of like uh, Monster High used it, and the official Ghostbusters use it in a lot of their vines. Yeah, yeah, it's that same sort of all of the sort of sound effects yeah. and rises and hits that they use in all, the, all of the trailers. So it's all very, it's all very moody, all very tonal. Um, but I mean, 
this immediately i feel like this is the moment that grabbed everybody's attention you know at the very beginning of the last trailer we had the whole confusion about 30 years later and you see the firehouse and there's this weird disconnect i feel like this immediately pulls you in and you you're in the world and you understand what's going on so i thought i thought that was very effective uh, any anybody have thoughts on just this first like 10 seconds here one thing i was wondering so I was wondering, like, would the intro, how different would the intro of this trailer be than the last one? Because sometimes trailers come out and they kind of follow those same beats, but it's just like different, like different scenes that they show. Um, so this one like started totally different, and I did like um, the voiceover and that joke, like that kind of humor. Just it works for me. I, that's why I probably I love Bridesmaids. I love Paul Feig's movies because I love that, you know, that setup of. This is menacing. This is dark. This is going to strike fear in your hearts. But yeah, you guys go take it on. I don't want to deal <laughs> with it. Um, so that that whole opening, it, it it really set the tone of the trailer for me, and um, I was excited. Like I said, I, I really enjoy. Um, I enjoyed that, and just anytime we see a shot of the four of them together, um, it just it kind of sends chills up your spine or down your spine. Um, so something yeah, happens. that, that first, that first, right. Something's going on. <laughs> something happens. And, uh, maybe not fit for air, but yeah, something, happens. something happens. Yeah. And, uh, but, and there's a lot of those shots in this trailer, right, Craig? I mean, it, it happens more often than not in this trailer. It does. And I think that's on purpose. I mean, this is, I mean, if anything you could take from this movie, if there was one thing you could say is that a, a literal improvement over 1984 is that. This is a team of four from the beginning to the end, it feels like. Um, and uh, no one's going to be leaving anybody off any covers. or No one's getting cut out. <laughs> no one's getting cut out. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you do get the shots of the four of them um, multiple times throughout the uh, trailer. Well, and even back, back to back. So right before they've got the studio logos there, it's the, the shot of them reacting to Michael McDonald. But then immediately after that it's them in the firehouse which i thought was super cool but they're all at their various workstations all doing I mean, they're scientists they're all working on whatever their individual projects are uh in the, the garage bay of the firehouse which yeah immediately great they're a team they're all working hard and they're working together in concert with each other and and the, the four of them working on their individual projects is so real ghostbusters and so like it it there's more and more about this movie that just reminds me of the animated series. And I just can't help but feel like that's a really awesome thing. Cause yeah. I don't think we, <laughs> yeah. I was ever going to see something like that. Yeah. And, and to me, I mean, again, right out of that, the studio logo card, that shot of them in the firehouse, we're immediately getting the same sort of Rick Moranis, uh, acting in the background. Like we, we saw it in the domestic trailer with uh, Kate McKinnon, the Pringles can, but in this one, you know, Deep, deep, deep in the background are Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon, and they're both making faces at whatever the invention is. And <laughs> it's every, every person in this frame has a story. There's so much to look at, and it's like 10 frames worth of footage. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, those reactions, they're all so rich and so varied. Like, I, it's that same thing I like to do with the original film where you pause the scene when they're walking into the Sedgwick and you see Egon's face versus um, Peter's. And it's just like, it's the same kind of study that you can do. And it, that makes me really happy to be able to do that and to have those little Easter eggs and little bits and stuff going on. Yeah, and it's it's kind of nice, too, because especially after the confusion from the last trailer, Here's here's a shot of the firehouse. Here's a shot of them inside the firehouse. I got it. This is our team inside the firehouse. No questions asked. Yeah. Piece of cake. I got it. I've made that connection. Um, so let's see. After that, we end up having the uh, 
I'm calling them the Joel Schumacher uh, suiting up uh, shots I'm here. I'm down with these, that. Like, here's the thing. These are such a difficult shot to, to master. Joel Schumacher, that's where you end up getting the shot of, like, uh, George Clooney's ass and the bat nipples. <laughs> but then in other movies, like, when you watch Deadpool, it's it's super effective. Like, you're seeing him suit up, and you're like, yeah, dude, go get it. Yeah. How how did this play for everybody? Did you Did you have the... Oh my god, bat nipples, or did you have the oh hell yeah, this is happening? Dude, I wanted some more bat nipples, honestly. <laughs> uh, I think that it worked. I think that that uh, pack sequence where they're suiting up, it's it's super tight, it's really slick, and yeah, you feel that action. So I was into it, and I also love Batman Forever. So yeah, <laughs> just so it works. That yeah, out exactly. It definitely it's good works. for Abby, no matter what. No matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's talk about guys. This is a really good. I think this is going to be a pretty meaty discussion here because th- in this section here, um, Abby Yates's voiceover starts where she's talking about, you know, we're the ones that are going to answer that call. This is what we do. We inspect the things that nobody inspects. We're the first and last line of defense, not like the men in black, but unlike that. Uh, but th- they're really starting. They start the we're the ones to answer this call, and then later uh, at the very end when we see the title card. Answer the call is immediately right underneath that title. Uh, so, how do you guys interpret this? I mean, is this? Do you feel like now we're seeing a theme? Is this like their thesis statement? Is this the call to action? How how did you guys did you interpret that as? Oh my god, a new subtitle for the movie, or did you interpret that as? Oh, that's that's just a tagline. Like this is what they want to sell me in terms of marketing lingo. I thought it was just a marketing kind of thing, like a tagline. I didn't. I, I think it'd be weird for the movie to have. Uh, like a subtitle. Um, I mean, if it does, oh well. But it just—it didn't immediately hit me that way. I—I I just figured that it was, you know, a marketing thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so you took it as like this is the who you're gonna call marketing tag at, at yeah. the very end, right? Uh, Craig, Abigail, how did you guys interpret this? I—I I honestly, I was so like distracted by wanting to start the trailer again that I kind of missed that the first couple times. <laughs> um, but I didn't take it as I just, I didn't really overthink it. Like I, I think it's kind of weird that the fonts pretty similar and the letterings is almost as big as the, the, the actual Ghostbusters logo. But I've never once thought that this uh, movie was going to have any kind of uh, tagline or, or not tagline, but any kind of uh, like a subtitle. Like a subtitle. Yeah. yeah I, um, I, I do think it's weird to go from who you're going to call to answer the call because unless they're just going like the progression. I think it's a natural response. Yeah, I think it's a call to action. So, yeah, like kind of like when they were first revealing the when Paul Feig was revealing all the stuff on Twitter last year when it was like, uh, what you're going to shoot, what you're going to wear, what you're going to drive, who you're going to call. I mean, I, I get that progression, but uh, I think who you're going to call, I, my preference would be to just stick with that. But uh it's that's it's also very minor and not something I'm really overthinking. Yeah, it kind of demands that you you automatically associate it with who you're going to call. Oh, I get it. This is them answering who you're going to call. Yeah, yeah, we're answering the call on our it's end. A nice, but, uh, it's a nice same but different twist to the whole thing. It, yeah. it keeps the, the the call theme. It actually, from what we've seen too, pro- probably nicely delineates between the two because the first one is very much a uh, going into business for ourselves. And there's, whereas this one is more a, uh, how do I put this? The first one started with, hey, look, our theory's right. There's a ghost. We should become exterminators and let's start a business. Who are you going to call? Us. 
This one's more like, hey, our theory's been proven. Wow, things are spiraling out of control really uh, fast. We need to take care of it. They're, they're, I mean, I haven't seen as much, we're going to start a business. Hooray! Um, yeah, there's not that, that small business startup feel yeah, to that, this. It's that, sort of like they go from zero to 60 in no time at all. The Reaganomics yeah. 80s <laughs> things kind of got <laughs> So in this one, there's a lot more of the there's a serious problem and we're the only ones who can address it. I mean, the first yeah. movie had the same thing. but So like I said, it's kind of like the same approach to the, the, the same kind of movie, two different angles. And this, I mean, this little tagline kind of nicely taps into that while still not straying too far from the... Who are you going to call? I like it. Yeah, yeah. And so, Chris, I, I feel like this is a good time to bring this up. So you you, you call it a tagline, and we had, because there was this sort of confusion as to, well, wait, like Craig was saying, it it's the same size and font as the title, and it's kind of overlapping the title. Yeah. There's no space in between the two of them. Did they change the name of the movie? Like, is this called Ghostbusters Answer the Call now? Um and so, uh, so early, early this morning, you had reached out to uh, a, a very good, reliable source who said, "Oh, yeah, that's just a that's a tagline. It's yeah, it's not the name of the movie." Well, um, I mean, you guys weren't alone too. There was lots of other people on the internet went, "Wait a minute, is that a subtitle?" Um, so I said, "Well, that should get you know nailed down one way or another." And I got back a solid tagline, not a subtitle. Um, cool. And subject uh, to everything <laughs> well, in Hollywood, cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So uh, here, here's some stuff that I'm I'm uh, laying on the table for you guys. This is the first time you've hear, you've heard it, uh, but we have received from a very reliable source uh, that indeed answer the call is a subtitle to the movie Whoa. that's going to be used in the marketing. Sort of. Because sort of, kind of. So it's going to be used in the marketing because the problem that they are finding is. Uh, Dan Aykroyd goes on Twitter and he goes, oh my God, the ladies that they've cast for Ghostbusters 3 are fantastic. And everybody goes, wait, Ghostbusters 3? Is that <laughs> is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then uh, colloquially, all of us have been calling it Ghostbusters 2016 just to help us differentiate between the original film and this one. And uh, there are the people who uh, love to just, you know, put... Yeah. Put the big flag up and say, oh, it's the girl Ghostbusters, you know. Mark, uh, uh, merchandising put the stamp of classic on the old one. Too. Yeah, classic mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. And um, so so what we found out is what they're going to do is to help differentiate and so that there's not any confusion, especially with broader audiences outside of people who are probably listening to a Ghostbusters podcast. Hi, everybody. We love you. Uh, to help with those people understanding that this is not the original film coming out. This is something totally different. They're going to start putting Ghostbusters Answer the Call on TV spots and the trailers and on the posters. But when you see the movie, it's going to say Ghostbusters. And when you go to the movie theater, the marquee outside is going to say Ghostbusters. Yeah, the IMDb Um, listing is not changing. It's just going to be Ghostbusters. So, I mean, think, think of it this way. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but when Edge of Tomorrow came out, there was this weird... There was this weird thing, like uh, because the uh, the original source material was called "Live, Die, Repeat," right? Yeah. Or, um, and then so everybody goes, "Well, why'd you call it Edge of Tomorrow? That doesn't make any sense." The original source material had such a better title, so what they did is they had Edge of Tomorrow, and then their tagline was "Live, Die, Repeat." And then as you started to see the home video come out, and as you started to see like people trying to figure out what this movie was, they started really stressing that "Live, Die, Repeat" so that. I, not not that there was another Edge of Tomorrow coming out, but so that everybody was like, oh, that's that Groundhog Day movie that Tom Cruise is in, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, this, this is kind of a general thought, and it's just kind of uh, – we don't have to spend too much time on it or anything, but 
is it just me or are people going out of their way to be confused by it? By like to me, it doesn't seem like anything about this movie is very confusing. Yeah. And it's like every time there's a new picture or a new trailer, I just see like ten different variations of like, <laughs> well, what does this mean? What is that? Is this a reboot? Is that Stay Puffed? I don't remember. Oh, like why is everybody so confused? It's just like we all go to the movies all the time. It's all pretty self-explanatory. I, I well, yeah, Mr. And, Benjamin, I'd like to address this. Yeah, I was gonna say this. This is something we've talked about in the age of going to see Captain America: Civil War. But uh, yeah, what, what do you got, Chris? I, I used to work at a video store high school and early university and the best example i could give was the weekend uh aladdin opened in theaters i got asked about eight times by people do you have that movie aladdin uh-huh. no we don't because it just opened in theaters <laughs> so in to theaters. answer your question yeah um yeah th- this is this is something they worry about um they they and this is a constant debate. How smart and how? What's the demographic of smart and stupid, and how much does it overlap? And under what circumstances? Because that's all marketing people do. Because they need everybody to be not confused and know exactly yeah. where to throw their dollars. So, I'm. I mean, the best example that I can throw out there is look at how they're marketing Rogue One right now for Star Wars because the movie is called Rogue One. It's not called. Star Wars Rogue One, a Star Wars story, but they're they're putting that all over the poster, all and they're the putting poster. that all over the trailer so that everybody gets the fact that, and and heaven, because I'm still, Craig, this kind of goes back to messages that you and I have had off the air, uh, like my parents, my parents are going to be like, wait, they're building another Death Star? I don't understand, I just saw this movie yeah. where this really cool girl met with this guy that was a stormtrooper, and there's, <laughs> unfortunately... There's there's still there's still the people that aren't completely tapped into uh, you know uh, yeah more serialized storytelling uh, in this day and age. Right. Well, but, uh, we, like I said, we don't have to spend any more time in it. But the best example that actually does come to mind was when The Dark Knight came out, and I had multiple people refer to that movie as the prequel to Batman 1989, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, that makes no sense on so many levels that I'm just gonna say, yep. Yep, and your, your vein is popping out of your forehead. Yeah. You're like, oh no, no. It just kind of seems like it just kind of seems like maybe some people just aren't even paying attention. You know, Chris, I used to I used to also work at a video store and had that same thing happen all the time. Yeah, never underestimate the the public's ability to be stupid. <laughs> but I mean, it kind of almost seems like like given given Ghostbusters this little tagline that's not going to be used later almost seem, seems like a more confusing way to be less confusing. Oh, it's just weird. It's a roll, definitely a roll of the dice. I mean, uh, it's really only something that's kind of come up recently. Actually, everything about now is kind of a thing that's come up recently because we're kind of living in a time where this stuff never really happened before, right? This concept of movie franchises living past the decade they came out with you know is relatively new it's only the last 30 years the 30 years prior to that they didn't even bother holding on to prints because they didn't think anybody was going to want to see it once it left the theater so we're kind of stuck in you know watching them feel their way around the this this era of oh no the franchise is going to live on you know for decades and decades and you know things are gonna you know it's turning into movie archaeology there's now layers upon layers upon layers and people are i don't know i, I it, it's 
you know, going back to the the video store analogy too, and you probably saw the exact same thing. The 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 what do they call them? Mockbusters. Uh, if if for example, um, War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds comes out, the video store the exact same weekend would have somebody else's War of the Worlds because the name wasn't yeah. well. Uh, like Transmorphizers came out when Transformers exactly. came out or whatever. Or, it was. Yeah. Uh, oh God, Disney movies are the worst because they are all their source material is all kind of coming from a, a, a old uh, publicly accessible yeah, stories public domain, that, yeah. that they don't own. Which means that again, when um, and my the manager of this store loved this because in his, he didn't care he he bought into it because in his head it was money so when you know uh, Beauty and the Beast would come out he would buy in fifteen copies of this crappy knockoff Beauty and the Beast cartoon knowing full well that they would all rent over and over and over again like you know he could buy fifteen of them for two bucks a pop and by the end of the weekend he's you know made hundreds of dollars off each one it was just uh, disappointing kids <laughs> not the same thing here it's not like anybody's trying to cash in well that's right. not true actually the studio itself is trying to cash in on its own own thing but yeah they've got this big question of how do we kind of keep things clear and i, I think you're right i don't know that it's necessary i think it's kind of going to confuse some people uh but i think they're trying to straighten out well, this is all about the uh, the general movie-going audience. They want them to be less confused. We can scratch our heads. They don't give a crap because we're the smaller number. Right. Yeah, yeah. And regardless of any of this, like, anybody's going to go up to the ticket counter and be like, give me four for Ghostbusters. You know, like, they're, they're not going to say, give me four for Ghostbusters. Answer a Ghostbusters <laughs> story, answer the call. You know, like, <laughs> it's it's going to be the same no matter what. So, well, while you guys uh, are all at the theater watching Ghostbusters, I'm hoping Netflix has something called Spook Toasters. <laughs> that's what I'm going to want. Dude, you know they are. It's going to happen. Absolutely. I'm going to make my, my knockoff Ghostbusters live, bust, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> live, bust, repeat. Oh man, there that's that's an idea for Ghost Core. We have to have the Groundhog Day Ghostbusters matchup. That's but, right. Uh, oh yeah. But uh all right, so okay, well, let's let's dive back into the trailer. I know that I mean this is this is something really it's it's a good debate topic, but uh we have a lot of trailer to talk about too. We're 30 so, seconds into 2 minutes 30 and 30 seconds, seconds of trailer. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the montage that's kind of under Abby's speech here. Um you know, I, I really want to talk about things that m- might have stood out to anybody because to me, those mirrors stood out, and then they come back later. So I'm I'm feeling like we're seeing a little bit of plot thread here. But when do they come uh, back what, later? I missed that. Oh, oh, it's in that. It's that great shot right after. Well, we'll we'll come. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get there. To yeah, we'll get there. But the mirrors. It's a very effective shot with all of the the palm prints of the mirrors as the camera kind of passes by. Yeah, that was but, really good. Um, but yeah, this this is a super sweet montage, guys. So uh, what what really stood out to you in this first like thirty forty five seconds here? Um, I mean, other other than that, that really cool voiceover. I really like that voiceover. Really made me think of uh, uh, Ghostbuster Two. Um, it made me think of Peter's uh, speech when he's on the stand. His, you know, who you gonna call speech. <laughs> um, but as far as the the things in the montage, the the thing I liked the best was seeing the packs and stuff. Seeing those those close ups. Those close ups are really fun for me. Um, those, and then just seeing like little glimpse of those ghosts, those creepy mirror ghosts were really fun to see. Yeah. That, that, uh, the close-ups of the packs that you're talking about, it's like this awesome bird's eye angle of the Ecto as they're pulling the rack out of the back. And to me, like this, this was the very start of like, oh shit, dude, that's Ghostbusters. Yeah. From, from that point forward, we are, 
we're hitting all of the uh, the iconic shots here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're seeing the Ecto one driving down and getting like the close ups of the no ghost or the little ghost on the hood, the hood ornament. Um, that stuff was super tight. Um, and then Kevin finally gets the name right when he answers the phone and he says Ghostbusters. <laughs> I thought that was yes. pretty great. Yeah, that's that's the one. If if I had one big critique here, uh, the whole thing is is book book ended with this answer the call business. And that joke about Kent, it's in the fish tank. That was missed. They could have put that immediately in there somewhere. (laughs) Ghostbusters, answer the call. Kent, it's in the fish tank. (laughs) What's this place uh, called again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's so good. Um, The Kevin stuff is good. So, I, mentioned, yeah. I mentioned the hallway running and gunning. That's what oh, I like. Yeah. I was from the montage. So let's let's talk. I mean, because to me, that's that's really all right. At forty one seconds, that's when Abigail, you were talking about Ray Parker Jr.'s original theme song kick in, yes. kicks in, and you're like, and how dude, is this not Ghostbusters to everyone yeah, else? It's about <laughs> damn time. Where has this thing been? Right? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but maybe, did they, do you guys think that they saved it for this trailer? Do you think that maybe they wanted to have that classic theme song kick in at the exact right time so that you get that like punch in the gut like you did in this one? My personal opinion is I would not be surprised if there was um, a plan to not use that song at all to possibly like the end of the movie. I feel like, ah. I, I kind of feel like maybe they were like, okay, what are the five things that you can't have not being a Ghostbusters movie. Okay. Ecto one proton pack, the logo, the song and Slimer. So let's say those are our five things. I think they wanted to hold off on the song because, um, otherwise I think they would have just used it in the first one. Probably what happened is through all that backlash. One of the things that did stand out was like, Where's the song? The song's everything. The song was the, yeah. the biggest song. There were a lot of fan-made cuts on YouTube where they were mixing new footage um, with the original theme. And right. like it was working and people were saying, oh, this is an amazing yeah. version. And, and as this. much as I like the remixes and the, the trap version and the, uh, you know, the dubstep version, whatever, th- those are all going to be great. Um, as a Ghostbusters fan, there, there's nothing that... You know, seeing the four of them with that song playing and then the the voiceover or the the news report going, it's just you know that that embodies everything yeah. that is Ghostbusters, and um, so I was super happy to hear uh, Ray Parker. Yeah, I mean, it gives you it gives you the opportunity to do that shot that happens. Like, uh, there's the shot of Manhattan and then immediately there's the shot of the four of them entering what I think is probably like the concert venue that you see later. But dude, it's it's. It's the gold frame doors, mm-hmm. just like the Sedgwick slash Biltmore Hotel. It's the four of them, you know, walking in with their shoulders back like they own the place. Yeah. Uh, like Kate McKinnon is in these ridiculous, like, uh, water, <laughs> uh, like, gloshes, yes. like rain boots or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But she's looking like a badass and she's carrying herself like she's got this bravado and it, you, you need the original theme song. You need it to kick in there to help you sell that, that moment in time. Yeah. There is a coolness factor that's like undeniable about them, like flouncing in all super nonchalant and whatever that big thing in that bag that Kate McKinnon's holding. Like it's it's just a slam dunk. Like it's it's just it's perfect. That is by yeah. far my favorite part of this entire trailer. And yeah, I mean, I have well, other parts that are my favorites, but that yeah, right now. That and is. and that's that's the whole reason that the the gag in Ghostbusters Two works because you come out of that. The new logo with the Ghostbuster or the Ghostbusters uh, two symbol, you know, the no ghost with the peace mm-hmm. sign out there, and you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. We're going to see them in the middle of a super awesome bust, and then you see the Ecto one, and it's backfiring, and it looks like crap, <laughs> and they go to a birthday party, and like it, it helps sell you. You're ready for like action 
that's why that joke sells. Yes. So yeah, I feel like the the trailer is playing on that. They know that you're going to get hyped up when you hear that theme song. Yes. So uh, okay, so let's see. Uh, we get into the, the, the montage here. It's uh, a lot of the stuff that we've already seen before, except as soon as we get into them running down the hall. Uh, Chris, you called that out as, as one of your favorite moments. Why, why do you find this to be super awesome? Like, Why is this the one that stuck with you? Uh, just the dynamic of it. The, the, I, I kind of touched on it before that the first movie and the effects that they had, whether it was just a technical constraint or a time constraint or a you know, budget constraint, although I guess those two are kind of interconnected. All very lockstep, right? Like, here's what cameras stops here, and, you know, uh, Egon pulls the trigger and they draw in the beam. They go to a long shot. We can see all of them shooting the beam. There's, they're standing there. The camera's not moving. This one, you know, it's a sweep down the hall, and there goes the ghost, and they go running past the camera, you know, into frame, and as they enter it, they, you know, both open fire and are hitting the walls in different places. Like it's just, and continue to run down the hall as they, you know, hose the place with the, the proton pack, you know, the it's, you know, it's, it's kind of taking ghost busting up a notch. Like we've all kind of internalized what it is, you know, when we fill kind of fill the gaps in our heads, but this one's actually showing us more of them doing it, right? Like these are proton packs. You wear them on your pack. You can move wherever you want. And, um, you know, walking around a, uh, a a hospital hallways or not hospital a motel ho- hotel hallways is one thing. Running down a hall as you're like opening fire on everything is entirely different. Um, it takes that that initial ballroom up a notch because the initial ballroom was the initial open it up, destroy walls, all that sort of thing. But it was all contained in one room. And like I said, when they had to do their effect shots, it was all very lock the camera down and all this. This one's just all over the place. They're starting in one yeah. room. They're sweeping into another. They're running down the hall as they open fire. They're going to move out onto the stage. You know, it's just very – we're going to see really super dynamic – well, we're already starting to see bits and pieces of really super dynamic ghostbusting scenes, right? Like, Yeah, and it holds up when you go frame by frame through it because I'm, I'm sort of shuttling through as we talk about it. And one thing that I noticed that I just – just caught on to is I think it's Abby. I think it's Melissa McCarthy who's on the right in that uh, that particular frame. She fires her proton pack right into the wall. Like yeah. she's not even aiming at anything. <laughs> she's like running, and the neutron one is like pointed at the wall, and you see it just hit that wall and just destroy everything. So I was just gonna make one quick point, and Jake and Abby can speak to this. Um, somebody who called into our show tonight, um, who who is. Uh, I don't remember his name. Uh, he was a nice guy, but he was anti-reboot. He was not happy, uh, not excited about the movie. And one of the points yeah. that he made was that he thought that the girls were too cool and that what made the original guys so great is that they were like accidentally cool, but they were actually a bunch of dorks. But my, we, we ran out of time, but the argument against that is what you're describing right now is not cool. There's nothing cool. They're, they're <laughs> running around haphazardly shooting their proton packs into walls. And then, you know, we're also seeing scenes from later in the movie where they've probably, you know, gotten better and mastered the art of, you know, proton pack. Yeah, uh, where it's just commonplace to them. But, I mean, and and my rebuttal to that, Craig, would have been uh, that I think it was in the international trailer where, where Abby leans up against the super hot piece of machinery. She thinks she's cool. She's, like, leaning to look awesome. And then she burns the crap out of her hand. Yeah. Like, 
that Aaron Gilbert can barely open cool. a door, like in one of yeah, the second exactly. trailer that was released. So yeah, yeah. and it's hilarious. I, so. I just thought that was kind of a funny new argument that I haven't heard. Like, well, no, they're these girls are too badass to be Ghostbusters. It's like, well, but I think that so let's let's skip ahead just a little bit because that does bring up a good point. We do see them like showing a little bit of hubris. We see Melissa McCarthy's Abby like doing the pelvic thrust and, and yeah, she's doing some undulation. And then you've got. Uh, <laughs> Then you've got Kristen Wiig kind of doing like the head nod laugh. Like it reminds me of, of Bill Murray in the courtroom scene in Ghostbusters uh-huh. 2 when they're trying to taunt them back out. <laughs> like there's you're seeing this bravado from them. So maybe that does come with time. And, and especially if they get famous in this one, too, maybe they're kind of living up the stardom. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that close up that there's a close up of Kristen Wiig firing the pack. And she does look super badass in that. Like I, I screenshot that picture and added it to my notes and just wrote "badass" over it. <laughs> you messaged that picture to me, and I count. You said this is the best moment in the trailer, and I countered that with a picture of Kristen Wiig pulling the tablecloth, being pulled away by the three servers in that yes. one. I was like, no, this is the best moment. Although you do get a sense of, I, I can't remember where I read the interview, but Kristen Wiig was talking about how she had to, um, she had to go back and revise her like throwing the proton blaster face because she looked at herself in the dailies and she was like, "Oh God, I look so terrible." But <laughs> you see, you see her like gritting her teeth and like scrunching her nose, and you can tell she's like really getting into it. And I can see how it's easy to kind of go overboard uh, with something like that. Like, yeah, I'm gonna put on Robert De Niro face because I'm gonna look mean <laughs> while I'm firing this thing, and you go too far. But yeah. Right. Uh, so let's talk about, okay, so same thing in this. It's a really fast, rapid-fire montage. I call it the fog because, uh, Chris, like you were talking about, this is really showing like the the overall look of something. I think they're outside at the street or they're somewhere and they're fighting all of these ghosts, but they're in the fog of war, essentially. There's yeah. like Kristen Wiig is firing in the fog. That's the shot that Abigail called out. Then there's like the Civil War dude that throws a bayonet and he's in the fog and a time in this fog weird too. ethereal world. Yeah, because this is about the time that we start to see people from different eras and all that. So Yeah. Oh, oh my god, we skipped ahead. This is I have the yes have some guys on the show and we missed the we're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> Boy. Jake, you can like, take ab- this one. Yeah. That's just for I mean, you, buddy. Oh, yeah, who who ended up squealing the loudest when that hit? And were you wearing your Jaws shoes at the time that, that line was said? Well, I wasn't wearing the Jaws shoes, but you know what? I got I got maybe five or six texts from different people, and they're just like, Jaws reference in the Ghostbuster trailer. <laughs> I, I mentioned it on, the, on our live episode that I'm pretty sure Paul Fig put that in there specifically for me. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, you guys are like, you're on a first name basis. You're best friends now. <laughs> He is like, you know what? The YHS guys, they're going to love this. Make sure that that's in this trailer. Yeah, and there's 20 done. other versions so. of that, of that, of him <laughs> quoting other famous Spielberg movies. <laughs> I just really, <laughs> really want to see it in context. I really, really want to get the rest of that joke. The, this is, this is again, indicative of Kevin being the big dopey dog. You know, maybe he's quoting this in completely the wrong context. Like, he's the kind of guy that calls out a Caddyshack line when you're like, wow, that was totally inappropriate yeah. for what we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I also mentioned it in the live episode that he's also misquoting the movie. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's it's the same sort of like uh, Luke, I am your father. Like that's the, yeah. this is the it's the yeah. super basic quote to go for, but you also screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. It's another good example of how this trailer started to do some classic uh, 
trailer editing sleight of hand too because there's a couple of times where they use clips out of sequence to create a new joke so like the 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 museum ghost uh sliming uh Kristen wig and then cutting to um Melissa mccarthy going it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen and then back to wig's reaction like those that's not in the movie sequence like you know that's them pulling McCarthy from earlier in the scene where they first see the ghost, or in this case, you know, they put his Kevin's line in there, and then they find a good uh, everybody looking at you know, uh, looking eyes aside at one another about is this guy an yeah. idiot? But that's they're, again, they're manufacturing the joke there, a little bit, which yeah. is great. I mean, it's a good way to to kind of get the comedy of the movie in there without completely giving away the you know the scene and the joke. But again, good point. I feel like uh, Paul Feig himself always talks about how his comedy doesn't market well because you need context and it's a slow burn and you need to you need to hear the the A and the B side to the C punchline and and maybe you know the you're going to need a bigger boat uh, line is a punchline to something that we need a little bit more uh, context for. But it, but it works in the context yeah. of a trailer. And may now. not That's even end cool up thing. in the final movie because we only recently found out that there's a crap load of alternates as he likes to oh, do. And yes, absolutely. Yeah. So who I knows, mean, right? Yeah, we've heard that there may be a few alts and alt takes in this, and then we've heard that some stuff in the previous trailers may not even be in the final movie, and so it's it's kind of cool. You're actually getting a glimpse at something that may not even be in the movie. <laughs> oh, well, really... if, if that Jaws quote's not in the movie, then I'm out. You're walking out. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's kind of already been an example of that, um, talking about how sometimes the jokes out of context don't really work because uh, I think it was the international trailer where you get that quick shot of Kevin and he says like, we got to build something to fight these damn ghosts. I remember it always seemed kind of weird. And then whenever they released, uh, was it that little like uh, the little featurette? Yeah, the yeah, featurette. That little Kevin and thing. They fin- yeah. And they go a step further, and she's like, "That's exactly what we do here." Is <laughs> so funny, and it felt weird in that trailer. Yeah, it really it does. It feels like it's a manufactured like some somebody who's editing the trailer was like, "Oh, we got to get a plot point in there. We got to fight these damn things." Like, so you feel like that was a soundbite that somebody just pulled out of context, but it's actually the setup again to another joke. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So, let's see. We got it. We got to keep moving. But so, Kevin. Speaking of him, big spoiler here. Something that people that are very uh, close to this and have been following, we all kind of already knew this. Like, this is one that was completely unavoidable. But uh, ghost flying into Kevin. Yes, Kevin gets possessed. Um, I, I mean, do you guys feel? Do you feel okay in knowing this? Do you know that Kevin at some point in the movie is going to get possessed? I mean, I feel like they wouldn't reveal this to us if it wasn't maybe a side plot or maybe it, it kind of gets you like like Ray being possessed by Vigo and Ghostbusters too. Like it's not that big of a plot point, but it happens and then you're done with it. I that kind of thing. I think they're using it to hide the the larger third act, to be honest. I yeah, think they're, they're kind of maybe trying to throw us a little bit. A little red herring, yeah. A little red herring or it's part of it. It's just the first steps of it. And because yeah. we all know, for example, about Rowan and all that, and you know, all of us hardcores following the toys and all that, we're start. We have a bigger picture, right? right. So if you take a step back and look at the trailers, as if you haven't been following all this stuff, like a, the giant nerds we are, um, nobody knows about Rowan. You know what I mean? Like the average person would see these trailers, they still don't know anything about Rowan. Now they think it's Stay Puft. They, they think, think oh, <laughs> look at Stay Puft. They redesigned him, and they yeah. and and you know, there are people now going, oh, they showed us the big bad guy and it's no no i don't think they did i think what they're doing is 
we've seen little fast clips of it earlier on, like because now looking back at the other trailers, the Kevin kicking the door open and all that obviously all ties into this. The right. new clips we've seen, um, he's just the red herring they're throwing under the bus. It gets to show. It gets to show the third act without showing the without third showing act. It. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting because I don't know about you guys, but I I fell for it. I I thought that I was putting two and two together here because immediately I think it's after the yeah. There's the on July fifteenth, and then they have the shot of Spook Central with the cloud above it. Great shot that reminds me of the original mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. But but right after that is Chris. What I was telling you about the the mirrors. Like there's that shot of Kevin mm-hmm. looking pretty badass. As he turns away from the camera towards the like Dalek looking machine, whatever that thing is, the, es- but around the espresso him, machine, the espresso machine with all the electrodes on it. Uh, but uh, surrounding him are all of those mirrors that we saw earlier in the trailer, ah. like exploding yeah, around him. And I'm like, I oh, didn't realize what that was. I oh, yeah, it. I think that Kevin is like he like the clock was wound up by Rowan and he sets it in motion kind of a deal because you hear that someone's been like building a device that like harnesses all the, this power or whatever. And I, I think that that's what Rowan's been doing. And I think that Kevin is somehow going to like set it off and be the catalyst. That's my suspicion. Like a Manchurian candidate kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah, like he's uh, the one's does, does anybody does anybody want me to 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 start you know, crazy conspiracy wall tying yarn together? Yeah, to different I do. P- okay, let's do it. Uh, I mean, we've, we've heard a lot of conspiracy theories. Okay. Uh, Chris, you and I especially because we're paid off by Sony and yada yada yada. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. we're good. At conspiracy we're waiting for our checks. <laughs> so, Mercado early bust, an earlier bust. We've seen in the behind-the-scenes features that come out, uh, Mr. Daniel Lynch pointed out, you and I talked about this, Troy, but I don't think we talked about it in the podcast yet. Or did we talk about it on the last one? Um, it looks... Remember, you pointed out earlier on uh, Neil Casey sitting off camera in his, you know, his... Yeah, uh, he's got white the microphone in his talking hand, the in that behind-the-scenes footage. In the, yeah. in the behind-the-scenes footage, we see, see him lying on the floor at the Mercado. Um I think something happens to him, all part of his plan, something happens to him, you know, he starts setting things in motion at the Mercado. I think he's the ghost that possesses Abby, and I think he's the one that possesses Kevin. Hence the little, ha-ha, as he dusts off his arms and drives off down the road Mm. and goes off to the machine. Okay. Um, I mean, that's not exactly, you know, earth-shattering or anything like that, but from what we've seen, these are the lines I've, in my head, started to try to tie together. Yeah, so he he has the ability to start possessing other humans. He leaves or, his own or, body, and yeah, like he 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 builds this collective of people that he's sort of ensnaring into the paranormal realm or something. Yeah, yeah that's, and that's in studying cool. that kind of figures out being a ghost in his own right, and uh, yeah, that's just my yes. God, and and one would think that it's bringing about something like the end of the world, or maybe the the word I'm looking for is apocalypse. Yeah. Apocalypse. apocalypse is that the word i'm looking for <laughs> guys was that was that holtzman's first line am i crazy is that the first time that we've actually heard it her is. speak in character i think so well she said is it the wig or the hat but it was so oh, that's quiet right. oh yeah. right yeah. Yeah, not to correct right. but you're you are like yeah that like that's true is it the wig or the hat? the hat yeah exactly i forgot about that yeah but this is this is like an actual in context like not joke line yeah. they're yeah. saving this is her. the first time she enunciates i mean everything yes. we've heard <laughs> everything we've heard is that her character is like off the wall and maybe you know well not everything we've heard but all of us you know we hear things so um from 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 what we can interpret about the movie and reading the articles and and everything leading up to this so far is that holtzman is kind of like 
the 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 wild card character off the wall says whatever she wants but yeah. but they haven't let her loose at all so um if we don't see anything else from her until the movie, I would be super happy because I, I want to be I want to go in not really knowing what we're going to get from her. <laughs> you you want to hear her say that she collects spores, molds and fungus and have it be like, oh, my God, what? Yes. She does and she licks them, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, f- funny because I'm just shuttling through this frame by frame as we're talking. But during the apocalypse line, uh, Chris, can you make up some stickers? Abby's got this like bright pink uh, nuclear love sticker on the side of her pack. Yeah, I saw totally that. Totally just noticed it yeah, for the first I time. Yeah, I noticed that as well. I would like that sticker very badly. Yes. Stickers. Yeah, I, I think, especially in this trailer, you start to see all of the... It reminds me of all of the armor and aliens. Like, they've personalized their packs because... Uh, Cause like Patty's got, I forget what Patty's sticker is, but it's it's right where the nuclear love sticker goes, and it's like the the electrical shock warning sticker or something like that. It's like a, a body falling backwards with like the electric uh, lightning bolts falling at it or something. I'll have to look at it again if I can find it. But um, but yeah, super super cool. So uh, all right, so here we get into the the hubris, the stuff that we kind of talked about earlier. We've got like the brass knuckles fighting in front of a, a classic car, and we're in the fog again. But then we get the pelvic thrust. We get we get Abby showboating a little bit. Um, so gif gif in the making, guys. Is this? I think I think somebody already has making, made a gif. Already it's made. Been made <laughs> Within y'all. like fifteen seconds. I was making gifs all day. <laughs> I made a Kevin gif too. <sighs> D- did anybody make an Al Roker gif? Poor Al Roker. Poor Al. I. I I was going to say, I think I did see somebody Photoshop Al Roker's face onto Slimer, but <laughs> oh, no. other than that, <laughs> no, I didn't see. The, yeah. the thing I loved about... He gets to be in Ghostbusters, guys. It's, I love the fine. Al Roker scene because, like, it's it's so weird because he's got the, uh, like, the U.S. map with all the temperatures behind him, but he's talking about... <laughs> so he's obviously, like, in the middle of his weather report, but he's like, you know... The government says it's not a paranormal. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're all coming for us. We're all gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And now here's the, the weather in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Like that kind yeah. of thing. Um, another, th- another, real quick. Another thought that just popped in my head is like the more I see of this movie, the more I realize that any cameos from original guys to me, I don't, I don't even. I'm glad they're not showing them in the trailer because you want to talk about confusion if like Bill Murray's face popped up or uh you know dan Aykroyd or whatever if, oh yeah you know absolutely but i don't think i want them or need them in this movie i i feel like i feel like for i feel like they're gonna take me out of it a little bit because i i'm just so in love with everything i've seen that that i'm just i'm happy with this being a a, a new you know a new thing and I, I just hope that if if there is any of those kind of cameos that they don't they don't feel out of place yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that that's a good point, Craig, because going going back to what you guys talked about in your last uh, Yes, Have Some podcast, please go check it out. Yes, have some, search it out. You need it. Uh, but you guys were talking about Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, you know, stepping into these roles that they haven't played in 30 years. So here are people, again, that don't understand that this is a reboot and they need to answer the call subtitle attached to the movie. They're going to see Bill Murray playing a different character, possibly. They're going to see Dan Aykroyd playing a different character, possibly. And it's immediately, they're going to bump on it. They're immediately going to be taken out of it and be like, whoa, that wasn't what I expected. Who was that? That doesn't make any sense. And they're going to miss like 20 or 30 seconds of the trailer because they're fixated on that. Yep. Um, I think we talked about it before. I I would pay money to actually have them bring back the uh, 
the the winos they cut out of the first movie. <laughs> Have them be the bums. Chuck oh, that would be <laughs> Talking about boxing and and yeah, exactly. you get a power puncher like Chuck Webner, <laughs> and he'll take out a Bruce Lee every time. Uh, well, okay. Let's uh, speaking of cameos. So um, we do get our first look at a couple of cameos. I think they're not quite cameos. Not cameos. They're actually they're roles uh, because they are build actors. Yeah. Which I had a debate on proton charging with some guy who was like, Harrison Ford was a cameo in Force Awakens. Oh, I'm like, what? what? Dude, did you see the same movie that I saw? He was like the top billed actor in that thing. We know a guy who told us The Force Awakens was a reboot. So uh, he also like, walked out. You know, <laughs> well, he missed out his loss. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, we have our look at a couple of government officials here. Um, the mayor. What, what do you guys think? Cecily We've Strong. got the mayor, little Cecily Strong. Yeah. Um, we have we have uh, possibly one of the men from uh, The Godfather here uh, making a deal with know. somebody in New York. <laughs> you never know. We wouldn't know. <laughs> Andy Garcia always re- now always reminds me of his uh, his uh, a casino owner character in Ocean's Eleven. Oh, that's, yeah, that's so. true. Casino. I could have gone there too. Yeah, he's with, just, with uh, Andy Garcia. He's just. It's like I run New York now. Yeah, and I, I wear a pocket square because everybody wears exactly. pocket squares. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so, okay, so Cecily Strong, uh, this is the setup for a joke that everybody called out in our introduction here. Um, they don't want to panic. They don't want everybody to flee New York in, in this, this mass hysteria. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, again, guys, I, to me, this was, this was Ghostbusters. Like, the we don't want mass hysteria. Oh, I got it. It's a nod. I did see, like, the very few negative critiques that I saw about the trailer was like, those are our words. You can't use our <laughs> words in your movie. <sighs> First of all, they're not using it. They're actually doing a little bit of a spin on it. Um, but to me, this this worked a whole lot. Uh, I, how did you guys feel about this one particular moment in the trailer? I think everybody, um, most everybody universally loves this part of the trailer. It was very funny. It's a big laugh. <laughs> I, I can imagine being in a trailer in a in a theater and seeing this trailer, and totally the whole place will go bonkers for it because yeah. it's a good laugh. Um, Bridesmaids is one of my favorite comedies of the last ten years, and the best scene in that movie, in my opinion, is Kristen Wiig's uh, complete meltdown at the uh, bridal shower. Mm-hmm. And yes, um, yes. Kristen Wiig meltdowns are the best kind of meltdown. Yeah. So <laughs> if 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 this is part of a bigger scene where where she's com- like just making a scene at this restaurant, I I already know it might be my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, and I'm I'm very happy about it. Yeah, I got the impression between that and the mirrors, and there was a couple other things that I can't think of right now. It seemed to me like uh, he's also trying to build in small little nods to the second movie because mm. it's not like he's gonna ever make a you know, a sequel that is then supposed to somehow ape the second movie or anything like that. So <laughs> he, it's like, it's, so the, the freak out in a restaurant is, you know, scaring very reminiscent of scaring the straights and all that, like just little things to kind of, or the, you know, the mirrors always kind of reminded me of Vigo <laughs> slightly when I first saw them and things like that. There's always, I don't know. It could just be well, me, but, or, no, or, or even I, the museum ghost herself has a, the picture behind her on the, the wall. Like there's these little, different but the same and it's like he's not just trying to to nod to the first movie but nod to you know both movies and mm-hmm. no and and the 80s in general because chris you're you're not alone there's a visual thing that i i picked up subliminal subliminally god i can't talk it's late guys. i don't know how you're even talking confectionary, confectionary. <laughs> but this is this is an 80s nod in this shot where she's gripping onto the table for dear life this is the you're scaring the straights you know this is the 
the the working class versus the upper class shot because everybody it's a white uh, tablecloth restaurant with sushi on the table and everybody's in tuxedos and they're all looking very distraught this is tavern on the green while yes. uh, Louis Tully is outside let me in and it's it's she's in blue jeans and a trench coat and she's like get out of the city you're all going to die <laughs> like, and and I'm 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 really hoping, and this is just me again speculating and, and throwing that out there, but I'm really hoping after this happens, they all immediately go back to dining like nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> <It's your. laughs> uh, okay, so so anyway, so the g- great moment, great laugh, and then this is where the the trailer really kicks into full gear. Like this is we got to build our montage, we got to go out on a high note. So the first image that you see right after this is. Uh, that awesome image of Gilbert and Holtzman, like a two shot of the two of them firing directly into the camera. And they're both making awesome proton pack faces, by the way, uh, gritting the teeth and man, Holtzman is seriously like giving some teeth there. Yeah. Uh, but again, we, we really get into here's, here's the big spectacle. Here's our third act, uh, tease with all of the big balloons and uh, there's this parade and, I'm I'm really feeling like we're getting the lost uh, Ghostbusters the video game level here. Is that kind of you guys' feeling too? Like the the dude that we've seen in the other trailers that kind of looks like Jack Skellington, but then we also have like um the 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 Batman '89 balloons, like yeah. these weird clowns with sharp teeth kind of things happening. Yeah, like a little dark somebody, carnival. I somebody like it. mentioned, and I I can't recall. I don't recall this at all. Maybe it was in one of the early DVDs or something, but somebody pointed out that they thought Ramus had mentioned that as early as the first two movies, they had this kind of, uh, this same kind of set piece of a, of a, of a possessed, uh, parade and parade oh, balloons. Really? And it, like at the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade gone awry. It was thing? something they kind of wanted even back then. It was something they kind of visualized, but couldn't, you know, budgetarily figure out. And then it, it looked like they'd get it into the video game and it got cut. So, I don't know. It was kind of kind of interesting that I'd, I'd be curious to know where they saw or heard that because if that's the case, then this whole thing is actually you know them finally bringing to fruition something that Ramus himself wanted all the way back to eighty three, right? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I I I'd never heard that, but neither that, had I. I mean, like, it makes a lot of sense. But he was he was adamant about it. So I if, and when you look at Revenge of Murray the Mantis and real Ghostbusters, like there's a Thanksgiving parade gone awry kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it keeps kind of cropping up. So I mean, if anybody out there hmm. knows what the heck that guy's talking about, please you know, fill us in so I can go dig it up because yeah, it's been many years and I may have just forgotten or missed it or whatever. I, I but I would like to know. That would be really nice if this. You know, continues the theme of we're always going to have giant monsters in everything we do with <laughs> Ghostbusters. Going back to this dream Harold Ramis had, had of a, a haunted uh, parade. Yeah, maybe that's that. It keeps seeking the same inspiration, and it's derivative from there. But uh, all right, so we're we're coming up on our hour. But I, I, there's three huge points that we still haven't hit on. We haven't hit on Slimer at the hot dog cart. We haven't hit on the end joke with Patty. And then there's a, a shot of somebody at the very end. So let's let's talk about Slimer because uh, he's at the hot dog cart again. I don't know where this falls in the movie, but uh, guys, we finally see a little bit of movement and a really good like smile from Slimer. And again, to me, this this was totally Ghostbusters. And and now knowing after we've read the Empire magazine that he was a puppet and they tried to recreate him and and sort of enhance him with CG. I, again, this this is all the iconic imagery that I was waiting and, and hoping to see. What did you guys think about about this this hot dog cart scene? 
Dude, I loved it. Um, I mean, Slimer's the, he's one of the big things you think about when you think about Ghostbusters. And he's always, Slimer's always been up there with one of the top, you know, iconic things. And I think he looks great. He's eating hot dogs. I love it. I'm so glad Slimer's in this movie. And Slimer is one of the things that, like, kept me up at night about the new Ghostbusters. Like, always thinking, what's he going to look like? Are they, is he going to be weird? Because there was never a doubt in my mind that he wouldn't be in the movie in some capacity. But I, I always had this weird thing like, God, I hope he doesn't look bad. I hope he looks cool. I hope it looks like Slimer. And it's Slimer. And it's and, I love and it. And is he going to talk? That's the other thing too, Jake. Like <sighs> I've been kind of fixated now that they've told us who's going to play his voice. Like is he going to do that sort of weird Slimer gibberish that was in real Ghostbusters? Or like in here, he's kind of like grunting and groaning. That's one thing that's kind of I've been held up on. It, it, it seems like he might because it, it almost seems like it's a weird thing that they would come out and be like, hey, this is the guy voicing Slimer if he didn't do more than just grunt. Yeah, and, and the two of them, like, and Holtzman and Yates are just kind of standing by, like, oh, gross. But then you get the feeling that they're going to be like, hey, dude, what's up? Like, there's, there's a moment yeah. there that's missing. Dude, it's, hey, you know what? I, I would I would be totally down with, with, a, with a little more of a real Ghostbusters-type Slimer where he maybe maybe throws a word or two in there and, and, uh, and kind of hangs around a little bit. I, I think I'd be cool with that. Like, we've already mentioned that there's a lot of, you know, real Ghostbusters feel to this movie. And um, I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. So I'd, I'd be cool with Slimer maybe uh, throwing... You know, I don't want him to, you know, be the brain gremlin and just, like, be straight up articulate. <laughs> but but no, I'm, I'm but good yeah, with but a what little if, bit What if he's, like, an informant? You know, he's just, like... like I'd like to see him in a like, pair of glasses. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he talks about investing canned foods in shotguns, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. What I really... What really strikes me as cool is for anybody out there who ever gets like caught up in the whole like, I wish it wasn't a a reboot. I wish it was a continuation. I want to connect these universes. To me, Slimer's your connection because in the first two movies, Slimer doesn't have any backstory. He's just there in a hotel and then he's there, you know, driving a bus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, so, no matter what. This is a world that's obviously going to be eating. Yeah, and he's Which eating. Is what he's so doing, you true. know, in the world of Ghostbusters, we deal with you know cross rips and parallel dimensions and you know all sorts of uh, fancy sci fi driven stuff. So to me, Slimer's your connection. Slimer is your constant. Is the constant. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we, Slimer is my constant. <laughs> we we don't know where all these ghosts are coming from, other than ghosts exist in another dimension in the first movie. So yeah, maybe this Slimer got yanked over from a different universe. Yeah. I'm down with that. Oh, yeah, so even down. if even oh. if they never touch on it, I'm just going to believe. He just wanted some hot dogs. He just wants some hot dogs. Does this dimension this have universe. hot dogs? I'm <laughs> Interdimensional <laughs> travel is the best way to go get lunch. Yeah. It's yeah. super convenient. I've seen Rick and Morty. <laughs> I know. It's fine. It's easy. Uh, but yeah, I really, I really love, uh, I really love Slimer. I think he looks yes. great. And, uh, I love I, his garbled language. It's great. I think yeah. it's perfect. So Chris, the, uh, the record scratch moment here that's coming up, this is, this is the big joke to close out the trailer. And you said this really played for you. So what, what about this played for you that might've hit or resonated a little bit more than the, you know, the power of Patty compels you, or the I don't know if it's a lady thing or a race yeah. thing, but I'm mad as hell. They, like they doubled down on the lady thing, race thing uh, joke, which I have to applaud because I know that one bugs uh, 
certain people. Uh, <laughs> and I'm kind of like, eh, maybe you should be bugged about it. So that's fine. <laughs> but it was the one after it where the, the whole don't move. I mean, it's an old joke. Let's just be honest. It's, it's a new take on a very classic joke. The whole don't turn around. It's right behind you. It's on your shoulder. It's whatever. That's an old joke. And then the other person does the no. Nope, not dealing. Nope. Uh, you know, going to the long shot and Mayhem just standing on her shoulders, kind of looking around like a demented parrot, like that sort of thing. All of it. She's like, I'm just tired. How about that? No, I'm going home. Okay, don't <laughs> bug the ghost. Don't piss off the ghost. And then, like I said, it's gonna, it's not going to age well, but the whole self, well, maybe it will. Selfies may be here to stay. I don't know. But the selfie the stick, selfie yeah. Shot, that, I was kind of like, ah, oh, really? And then her whole, really? I'm like, ha Okay, good. <laughs> That that it sold it. It was short and sweet, but I liked it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good moment. Again, it kind of harkens back to the sorry I missed it in the the train yes, exactly. uh, station of Ghostbusters two. Like, yeah, th- this poor this is this is our fish out of water. This is the everyman who's not used to all of the paranormal stuff. They've got a ghost on their shoulders, and they're just trying to walk through a crowd at a concert. That kind of yeah, thing. Her whole, yeah, I don't have to deal with this. I don't. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> Yeah, and just the one, walk away slowly. The one thing, and I, I brought this up on our show, but um, to everybody who's kind of been like, "There's Leslie Jones just being loud and you know in your face," and like she plays that moment like it's really subtle and really funny, and she's just kind of like, "Nope, not yeah, having it. Getting out of here. Right. I don't care what's on my shoulders. I'm not just. I'm choosing not to believe it, and I'm I'm just getting out of here." So uh, yeah, I really liked it. It's and it's a good quiet moment too because we've gotten we, we're going into the huge like that third gear of of here's action action quick shot quick shot I think we see Melissa McCarthy doing a cartwheel while she's firing her proton pack in the middle of there somewhere it's like like there's a lot of action happening in there and then it's this nice quiet moment and again going back to I think my biggest uh, comment or critique of the this trailer is that it's built so well that it peaks and it valleys and we've had this giant like explosion of action and now we've got this like okay, just walking along, nothing's happening here, see you guys later. It's it's a great quiet moment, too, to kind of counter. It's it's the call and response that they played really well to manufacture in this trailer. So. The other thing about that scene is I finally get a look at the uh, the Beasts of Mayhem uh, logo on the kick drum. So Yeah. I, Dude, and that drummer doesn't stop playing the entire time. Yeah. That's dedication to your craft, man. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to redo my shirt now. There's a demon out there. Yeah, a couple of people pointed that out. They're like, uh, Patty's sitting there with a, a, a 15 foot tall uh, demon on her shoulders, and they're kind of staring at her head. It's like, look up, kids. Look up. Look up. So, well, but, but even going back, like, there's that wide shot of the stage and all of the like the lead guitarist is like uh, like smiling and still playing you know like none of this is affecting them either they are a too high to care or b like dude it's just our pyro for the night it's totally fine like we planned all of this uh i mean to me that's that's hey that's a super sweet concert where do i get tickets um but okay so last thing i've again i'm really gullible talking about the red herring and, and the whole thing Hook, line, and sinker, I don't know if it's because it was 6 o'clock in the morning or what, but there's that nice, awesome ground-level shot at 2 minutes and 9 seconds where you see a giant, fat, white belly smash through a bunch of buildings, and I go, oh, dude, stay puff Marshmallow Man. They did it. They actually brought him back. And then, of course, everybody, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, Deadline and several other news sites were like, and you get your first look of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Guys, 
not the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. What 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 did you what did you think of these last two shots of the trailer? What were your like? Walk me through your reactions to this. No man, I I knew we were gonna get some Rowan, and I honestly thought we were gonna get way too much Rowan. Um, and dude, he look he looks so awesome. He looks so cool. Uh, when we when we first got the toy, the pictures of the toys, I felt so weird about it. Him looking like the um the logo ghost. But it, it quickly it it quickly grew on me. But seeing him huge like that was super cool. I I didn't know until recently that he would even be such a big uh, you know become so large. But it looked yeah, really good. It looked I mean, really good. Like Jake, as as a Godzilla fan, uh, you know that that last shot of him. It's that close up sort of like of his head with his teeth and he's like shaking his fist. He's all growling and shit. I I love it. That's the, that was a really good way to end the trailer. Like I, I kind of feel like maybe, um, we, we still don't know a lot about Rowan and, you know, of course we've, we've talked about this a lot that maybe he changes here and there. And part of me thinks like, Oh, maybe they should have saved if he, if he grows big towards the end of the movie, maybe that's something that could have been saved. But it's such a satisfying shot, and it's it's super quick. It's just like two seconds of footage. I love it. I love that ending. Well, Craig, Craig, Abigail, you guys have both uh, variants of the action figure now, so you've, yes. you've seen him uh, friendly and mean. But but is this what you imagined he would look like in the context of the feature? Um, what I actually wrote down in all capitals was Rowan. What happened to your adorable face? Um, <laughs> he was so cute. He has like a Casper the Ghost like feel to that little toy, the uh, Ecto Mini. Um, it's that's like such an adorable little figure, and seeing him all full blown in all of his glory, like getting roasted, I guess. Uh, because yeah, I guess that like that kind of that burning effect on his face probably misled a few people to think that it might have been this type of marshmallow man and also like his size and all that um but i seriously loved it i was glad that we only saw that quick snippet uh i kind of felt like oh my god that's it i need more dude rowan was like so scary the trailer was scary and it was a really good note to end on um like a nice big finish so i'm gonna go watch it a bajillion times more and i liked that they ended it that way no, real quick, I'll, I'll go quick. I I really liked it. I thought I thought it looked great. Um, one thing I was worried about was that I really liked the way the action figures looked, and I I was kind of hoping that it wasn't one of those. Um, I'm and I'm not going to be able to draw up a good comparison, but I'm glad that he looks like I assumed he would look like uh uh like the logo ghost, like the a really scary giant no ghost. Um. So, because, you know, with the toys going into production so early on, like, the design could have been changed or enhanced or it could have been something completely different. You were Um, thinking we could have had a Dennis Nedry situation here. Exactly. (laughs) He was going to wear some Wayfarer glasses and be, like, a super cool bad guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the the original line of uh, Jurassic Park toys, um, none of them look anything like the actors. Um, So, yeah, you never know with that kind of stuff. But I, I thought he looked great, and I thought... Um, just enough. You see him kind of plowing through the building and it cuts away. Uh, earlier in the day, I was rolling my eyes at the people, uh, even Deadline reporting that it was Stay Puft. But, you know, I get it. I get why somebody, I sometimes I have to take myself out of it and realize like today at work, I'm like wearing my Ghostbusters shirt and I'm talking to everybody and I'm like, these people probably think I'm absolutely insane. 
so, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I can't wait to see that sequence. The the fact that some people thought it was Stay Puffed is the why Sony thinks they need to put the answer of the call. On, yeah, on that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, the the one thing I want to point out with this last shot is it may be the only Easter egg in the entire trailer, and it hasn't been confirmed yet, but. Um, in, in that close-up of him, uh, of his face? No. In the long shot, there's, in the bottom right, there's oh. a movie marquee. Oh, I th- I researched this as well. Continue. Um, Daniel Lynch pointed it out. Daniel loves tearing the stuff apart, so I don't have to. I'm lazy that way. I'll just <laughs> let him. Uh, the top one, Welcome to the Other Side. There's no movie called Welcome to the Other Side. But it, uh, he pointed out it might be a reference to the sea on the other side, Ray. Yeah, uh, and and I think he said so. This is what it looks like, which I thought was a really good uh, and then a really good and then tease. Confusingly, the second one is Oshima Monomore, and Oshima is an island in Japan, but the movie is Hiroshima Monomore. So it's that one's a, I, like I said, I still haven't come up with a good answer for that. Uh, other than again, you know, maybe them just hitting it over and over that this is not. You know, old universe rebooted again. This is a, a separate universe. Um, I don't know. That's like I said. It's very small. Um, we'll have to throw it out to Paul Feig and see what he says. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what that is. But it's the only thing in the entire movie that you can kind of pull out of it, and um, it doesn't come with an easy answer as to what it's what it means. Well, I so off to the left there, Chris. Uh, the Godfather is playing in the other theater. Does that mean that Mayor Andy Garcia <laughs> is is the actor from The Godfather? Is the mayor of New York City? <laughs> yeah, and actually, the thing above it, the the big uh, the stage play, that one I couldn't. That one again baffled me. To Alexander R. Cohen presents, and I plugged it in, and it was a a British. Uh, stage farce that uh uh what's his name um arthur uh help me out here somebody don't i don't know you're on your own the yeah, movie no. arthur dudley moore oh dudley moore oh arthur the movie yeah dudley moore okay. and um uh peter cook and all that they did a review of the same by the same name so i don't know the we're so used to looking at like Times square where it's like oh yeah twinkies and taxi driver and all that stuff makes perfect sense in this one. Other than The Godfather, it's kind of like, I don't know what to make of any of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, be, Beyond the Fringe, Welcome to the Other That's Side. That's the one, Beyond the Fringe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Hiroshima, Mona Moore, maybe they couldn't get the clearance, so they called it Oshima. I don't know. Exactly, but, maybe. Uh, interesting. All right, well, so so there you go. Maybe that, that will be an interesting tie to things, too. Fihu said he, they like to put Easter eggs in everything, and I, you know, we've gone through it a couple of times. There's not really a lot of Easter eggs in this one other than yeah. this last shot where we do get to see marquees and posters. That's a lot and to that. look at. Yeah. yeah. I researched that Barnum, the world's fair musical thing. Cause I thought maybe that could be some sort of an Easter egg, like the, uh, that one website with the paranormal studies, uh, lab. Um, but there's no such musical, but there, I did read about that world's fair. That was, um, like briefly hosted by PC Barnum. It was like a huge financial failure, but he apparently introduced like freak shows into the scene. And 
Um, it was like took place in like the uh, second half of the 19th century, which would be kind of like adding up with a lot of the costumes that you see these ghosts wearing. Yeah, the still walking ghosts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, exactly. Kind of that nice Victorian one. era feel. So yeah, I read about that. It was pretty interesting. Apparently, P.T. Barnum was kind of like the Vince McMahon at the time because uh, he wanted oh, yeah. to incorporate like musical acts and drama into the World's Fair, which kind of was a huge flop. And like we didn't get the World's Fair back until like a decade and a half later in like 1876. Wow. So that's I mean, well, you're you're blowing my mind here, Abigail, because yeah. that that clown that you see is very Barnum and Bailey Circus clown too, like with the very round face with yeah. the top hat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, good pull. Thanks, good pull. man. I appreciate it. I read a little bit about that, so there you go. This is what happens when we read. I need to read more, guys. <laughs> oh, and also, I really liked Slimer. <laughs> Dude, no, Craig, not- you, you and I both, I'm like, I like Slimer. He was slobbering and he eats hot dogs. And these guys, you know, Abigail's really showing us showing us up here. <laughs> Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters! Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Well, all right, so it's, it's uh, people, again, don't know, but it is uh, almost 2 o'clock in the morning your time, which means that if you woke up for the trailer to be released at 6 a.m. today, you are almost at your 24 hours without sleep. So, uh, guys, I feel like we have to say goodbye, but I do, I mean, I, I, just one last closing thought for all of us here, kind of going around the studio once again. I mean, I, it's safe to say that this trailer is not going to... Um, flip any of the vocal haters like nobody's gonna be like i like this movie now it, but it has been a little quiet out there do you guys feel like any doubts or any fears do you feel like this might have put a few of those to rest uh wh- what are you guys feeling in terms of like the response to this trailer overall yeah i i hope it's put some of that to rest you know honestly because it's annoying and just like you know, we're everyone's tired of seeing um, <clears throat> all the negative, but uh, I I think personally that like we're in a good place, and um, the trailer the trailer is gonna um, help me sleep tonight because it's been it's kind of been very stressful, and even after the first trailer, which you know we I still liked. It was still very stressful, and I was scared maybe the marketing was going to give in to all the backlash and maybe put too much into this trailer or put too much thought behind it yeah. or spoil something spoil something we didn't want to see. And I think we got a pretty good trailer. Um, so I feel I feel like I feel like all's good right now, and uh, it's exciting moving forward from this point. Yeah, that's a great point, Jake. I mean, they could have, they really could have been reactionary to 
the most disliked trailer of all time. Mm-hmm. Ah, and they could have come back with something completely ridiculous. But I feel like this was this was a solid trailer just saying, like, no, we know the cards that we have in our hand. Don't worry about it. We're, we're cool. Um, uh, Craig, Abigail, how about you guys? What, uh, you know, as, as you lay down to sleep tonight, how are you feeling? Yeah, I think we're going to sleep pretty well uh, tonight, but... Um, this trailer, it, it delivered on, like, the spine-tingling, uh, like, chills and scares that I wanted. Um, but, and I, I that's kind of something that I said that I wanted to see more of, um, in this new trailer. Um, I think that the jokes actually ended up making me laugh harder, and the things that I saw, the little morsels, like the little bits of Kristen Wiig pulling on that tablecloth that we've referenced over and over again, uh, Kevin doing that little arm wave with the like the magic <laughs> dust steam heat coming off yeah. of him, like, those are moments that I'm going to think about, like, and, and replay, like, a gif in my head over and over, uh, for the next, like, several weeks, you know, leading up to this movie, um, this is just, it, this trailer had a lot of the stuff that I wanted, um, and needed, and I think that it is, it's, be, I think it's pretty effective, and I think that there's been kind of like a, a little face turn in, in a small way in the community. I think that we experienced that in our uh, live call-in show tonight. We had a lot of people uh, saying they were anti-reboot. They saw this trailer, and it made them laugh. They felt like, especially with the use of the original theme being in there, I think that that kind of helped to turn the tide a little bit, and I hope moving forward that we just we have more people joining the other side and getting excited because it's a good time to be a Ghostbusters fan and it's a good time to be excited. Um, and I'm I'm pumped. So yeah, well said, well said, Craig. What about you? Um, I'll wait for Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I really yeah, I, it, it's all good. And everything I saw today uh, kind of just confirms what I've already been feeling that if anything. This is going to be a very fun movie to go watch. I mean, we were watching Goosebumps last night, and I was like, oh, I'm having fun watching this. How could I not like Ghostbusters? <laughs> like, um, I just, I think, it, you know, I love the cast, I love the director, and I love Ghostbusters. And um, visually, and uh, all the all the jokes and stuff we got today were, um, were all good to me. So I don't really think I could say much more than you guys have already said so eloquently. Uh, so yeah, yeah. You uh, you love the director. You love Ghostbusters, and we love you, buddy. Well, well said. Uh, all right, Chris, what do you got in terms of final thoughts? I know you're talked out, but what do you got? I'm all talked out. Um, I think after the trailer, I mean, it's a given. Haters gonna hate, but I think fence sitters gonna come see the movie. Uh, I think a lot. You, you think it's pulled them over? I think a lot of. I saw a lot of it actually. A lot of people because the thing about fence sitters is they they're the ones who are sitting there going. Um, they're the ones that are not yelling at people that angrily when they say they're going to go see the movie. They're not the you know they're the ones who are saying it's. I just worried. I have concerns. I they're the ones who who have and more often than not say you know uh, they've never been the ones saying and I'm absolutely not going. Uh, they're the ones that are, I'm not sure. I'm whatever. Blah blah blah. After this one, a lot of them have said, yeah, I think I might go see that. So, um, and at the end of the day, really, again. We we're more interested in what it means to the community, but I think uh, Sony's more interested in what it means to the mass market. And I think what I have seen is that the mass market is responding really well to it. I try to avoid reaction videos, and for all the well, I hate reaction videos. Let's what stare at a guy staring at a screen like. <laughs> 
two girls, one cup, I understand, because there's going to be some visceral reactions <laughs> going on that's hilarious to watch, but literally it's just watching somebody. It's like, I'm going to go watch somebody watch TV. Oh, fascinating. They're just staring. Um, <laughs> but there was a number of them where they came out the other end going, yeah, that's pretty good. There's a German guy. I, he's, I don't know exactly what he said, but what little I did understand, he was like, that, that was what I was looking for. So... I don't know. I don't think, like, I'm not saying all the fence sitters are absolutely going, but I think it did exactly what Sony wanted. The market, you know, the general public is probably going to respond very well to it. And a lot of community uh, fence sitters are probably feeling way be- more better about going to see it now. Well, hey, that's, yeah, you can't ask for more. The German guy, did he sound like the uh, the Dana Carvey, uh, Steve Carell sketch where they were just saying nice things but very loudly? Is that what it was? Like, <laughs> no. I do not like this trailer, but... yeah. No, but he watched the whole thing and he smiled uh, and laughed at a, a couple of the jokes. And then when it ended, he kind of like, it's, you know, quarter profile of him and he like, he he doesn't move his head. He just looks his eyes at the camera with his big smile on his face, <laughs> and then edited it so it does that uh, the dramatic uh, gopher bunk 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 in on his face. Like it just tightens in on the the, the grin and the eyes. So there it is. <clears throat> there it is. Well, um, guys, I feel like the the summit of the yes have some in cross rip uh, Mayans has come to a close. Yes have rip. Yes have. Yes have rip. Uh, yeah, no, this this was a lot of fun. I was glad that you guys were able to pull it together uh, at the last minute for us and, and come and join us. And th- you guys are such troopers, again, uh, for, for joining us after your live show, which everybody should go listen to as well. So please go do that. Check out Yes Have Some on Facebook. Uh, is it YHS Show on Twitter, guys? Um, so it's uh, Twitter is at YHS Podcast. Podcast. And then um, Facebook.com slash Yes Have Some Cast. Excellent. So please, please, please go check them out. They are one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, you guys have quickly become a must-listen-to uh, podcasting. So please go check them out. Thank you so much, everybody else, for joining us here on The CrossRip. We're so glad to have had you. Please call into our uh, voicemail line. We want to hear from you guys. We don't have a live show. We're not as cool as the S have some guys. But please leave us your thoughts on the voicemail. And uh, we will see you in a proper flagship episode coming out on Monday with some more thoughts and some more news but uh, until then we'll see you all on the other side thanks for joining the Ghostbusters interdimensional crossrip visit us at protoncharging.com ghostbustershq.net and stillplayingwithtoys.net they used to be one of my two favorite shows you're kidding me oh great what was the other one Bassmaster everything you're doing is bad I want you to know this. Next week, though, hairless cats. Weird. And we're going to need a bigger boat.